walk-up music. Volume 6, Joe Obie is from 99.9, the fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Enid Marchant and Brian Shaw of Nice Price Books on Hillsborough Street in Raleigh. Gentlemen, the World Cup is underway as of the recording of this podcast. We also found out that the World Cup will be coming to North America. Woo! It's a joint bid between the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Calabo. It is. It's uh, greatest collaboration since Rihanna, Paul McCartney, and Kanye, maybe? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, or maybe that, um, what was the uh, that, that crazy thing at the at the Grammys where it was like with Kesha and a two dozen female singers <laughs> from all over the place? I'm thinking I'll keep with the McCartney mode and go them crooked vultures, too. Mm, okay. Whoa. A super group situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the, yeah, that's basically that's what this would be. These three countries forming a super so the, group of World Cup hosting. The Emerson, Lake, and Palmer <laughs> of, uh, of World yes. Cup hosting. Yes. What was the uh, what was the super group that Mick Jagger tried to form back in the late 90s, early 2000s? He was with some dudes, I think. Oh, man, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now. Well, there, uh, Keith had his, his side project and his band was called the Expensive Winos. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he alleges in his autobiography, Life, that that was uh, like the some of the best music he ever recorded, oh. seemingly forgetting that he had been in the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> just the, the traveling Wilburys of there World Cup bids. So, so who's a, Jeff Lynne in this scenario? Uh, good point. <laughs> so in the World Cup, World Cup's known for being this big global event and every global event needs an official song. The Olympics do this all the time. Yes. Like Bjork has been involved with this. Gloria Stefan, I, I believe it was in the 96 Atlanta Olympics, had the official song at that time. Um, well, the World Cup has an official song that features Will Smith this year. Is it getting jiggy with it? It's not getting jiggy with it. It's not welcome to the World Cup that or would anything be good. like that. That that also would be. Uh, it's not World Cup time. Because you spell out uh, Moscow there's, instead there's of no noted Russophile <laughs> Will Smith. Is that a word? I don't think that's a word. I don't think that's a word. But the thing is, they also have other like there's. It's weird. It's like there's official songs. So the official song is by Nicky Jam featuring Will Smith called Live It Up. But there's also the soda sponsored song. This one's by Coca-Cola. It's the promotional anthem. It's called Colors. It's by Jason Derulo. There's Jason a, Derulo. There's also a Telemundo version as they broadcast this that in features uh, Spanish sensation Jay uh, Balvin. That one's called Positivo. See right? that? I don't know. So it gets really convoluted. I did not realize that there were multiple versions of official World Cup songs. And you start, like, you go down the, the Wikipedia rabbit hole. Like, for instance, I always thought that Kanan's waving flag from the 2010 South African World Cup was the official song of the World Cup because it was used in an ESPN promo nonstop. But it was actually Shakira's Waka Waka. As the See, I didn't know song. that. I thought the official song was 85 guys blowing Vuvuzelas into a <laughs> behind an ESPN stand-up. Yeah. Uh, I'm pro Vuvuzela. I want that on the record. Fair enough. Um, Get an app for that. Uh, you can. <laughs> and I, I, what I don't understand entirely is with the, the why the insistence on the particularly the global events in which language is going to be the biggest barrier, mm -hmm. insisting on having a single official song. No, Like, are they singing in Esperanto? How does this, you know, what do we, what good does it do 
to have this one song, knowing that like, is the Russian team going to give two flips? Like, what? probably not. No, or, or the Russian it's, fans. It's promo- just, it's I guess for, the fans. It's, the song is it's for. Per, it's for promotional purposes. So, like back in 1998, like at the peak of the CD era, I th- I thought the greatest World Cup song of all time was released. That would be Ricky Martin's "Cup of Life." Ole, ole, ole. Okay. Yeah. No, not feeling that. Well, I mean. It does what it's supposed to do, I guess, which is get inside of your head and make you furious. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think you p- illustrated the point precisely, which is that it because no one cares, it doesn't matter that it's like oh this song is it's like a song it's in English and it's like whatever like no it doesn't matter. Well, why don't they? Because do? no one cares. But 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 overseas though, a lot of English songs end up becoming hits. That's why you see like the main two languages that are used for these songs are English and Spanish because they're not dummies. They know the Spanish Spanish language version is going to work. In a lot of Spanish-speaking countries, they care about soccer. And I guess overseas, when you're in Europe, you can get some big-name star to get play on BBC One or something like that. Why don't they go One Shining Moment and pick one and just stick with it? Um, That's a good point. Maybe they should use One Shining Moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? And maybe and like, and, and add some... some, some doom, da, doom, da, doom, da, yeah, and get like, that reggaeton beat. <laughs> get that reggaeton beat going and one update this thing. Moment. Yeah, no, I, I actually like where you're going with that. I'll you like just change it to the ball is kicked and off you go. <laughs> You know, hey, uh, at um, at World Cup, uh, or who is it, FIFA? Yeah, FIFA. Give me some free tickets. You can use that idea. Perfect, perfect. Now, I went all the way back to 1994, the last time the United States hosted the World Cup, and Daryl Hall Whoa. provided the Sick. official song called Glory Land. The other unofficial <laughs> song. Yeah, That makes me do an uh, uh, made both Brian and I do odd things with our eyebrows and faces. Like, huh? What? Like, what? Glory Land. You couldn't think of any, anything. Glory else. Land. Also, Queens, We Are the Champions was used in 1994 because it's a United States sporting event and in 1994 We Are the Champions was used a bazillion times. What I did not realize was that FIFA actually released an album with all these songs on it called Glory Land World Cup USA 94. Let's get it all in there. And it starts off with Queen. It has Daryl Hall and Sounds of Blackness, Glory Land. And then that's also followed by Tears for Fears. Whoa. New Star. The Moody Blues have a track on oh here. Boy. Fleetwood Mac. John Bon Jovi's on here with Blaze of Glory, which was originally used for the Young Guns 2 soundtrack. Jonathan Bonathan Jovi? <laughs> yes. Tina Turner's The Best is on there. They updated Gary Glitter for Rock and Roll 94. Oh, no. Oh, Not a good look. Ooh. Later. Was this a uh, prison recording? <laughs> Some sort of They also They was... also remixed Cool and the Gang's Celebration to call that Celebration 94. It's almost as if they took, they took ESPN's Jock Jams yeah, and, and then reskinned it with a new, yeah. uh, new gloss of soccer and some patriotism, and they put it out there to the world. I'm okay with that, honestly. I mean... Is do we are we of the uh, are we foolish enough to think that someone's going to write a song like Celebration better than Celebration? Probably not. No. So just take Celebration, break them off, pay them, add a little bit of something, do whatever you got to do, or call it Celebration apostrophe ninety four. I think it's also instructive of like the the place that the World Cup had in American culture at that time. I remember I played soccer when I was a kid, and I remember when they announced that we were probably not when they announced we were getting the World Cup, but like when they started doing the promotional rollout. I remember they came and they gave everyone in our soccer league a little pin. It was like, hey, the oh, World Cup's yeah. going to be in the United States in 1994. And these were children who played soccer every week. And we we're like, what's the World Cup? So, yeah. <laughs> and so when 1994 comes around, it's like, oh, man, we got to make this World Cup album. Be like, mm, what are some sports songs? Yeah. 
just put up, put those on there. Hey. Yeah. What's that song? Actually, I'm gonna have to write that down. Who's that guy? He seems like a cool guy, right? I'm gonna have to write that down for a future walk up music. Me jock play? jams. Oh, jock jams. The jock jams CDs. I thought you meant me playing soccer when my coach was future Raleigh Mayor Paul Coble. Oh, really? Yeah. Some would say the jockest of jams. Some would. <laughs> I also wrote down that we have to explain why sports writers love Bruce Springsteen because that comes up every so often. But that's for a future episode of walk up music. It's because he makes four that letters. Ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, I was going to no, say that's, that's it goes that's, together. That's right up your alley. I know. I, I knew you'd I'm probably be able to explain this. So by the time we get to 2026, I'm assuming that Imagine Dragons will be the ones who have the official World Cup song for the U.S. They're right? going to be the only musical artist still existing. I think it's more likely that they are fielding a team. Yeah. From the country of Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Probably. And the, they are have become their own entity. They carve out a little space in Las Vegas that is uh, its own sovereign territory. Look. And they send a squad. Eight years will fly by before you know it. My guess is that if you're Imagine Dragons, you are in the lab right now. Yeah, you're, they have the song. They're, they're writing the song right now. You're in the studio. You're doing a whole album. Well, you will be the official soundtrack of the World Cup by 2026 because no sporting event can take place without you soundtracking it. I mean, they're the official house band of the Walk Up Music podcast. <laughs> they are. They they and also the good thing is if they're in the studio and they're kind of dragging, like I need a pick me up. Uh, <laughs> I'll listen to our own music to boost us up. Whatever it takes, guys. We got to right. make do you think this that, World uh, Cup song. Do you think that like they have like squad T-shirts that like on the front it says like Imagine Dragon and on the back it's like Don't. Mm. They're like their inspiration, you know. It's like their, it's like their. Uh, I, th- I think it's like a, a tattoo of like snakes eating its tail. Of like they're listening to their own music to to uh, you know to create their own, own music. To let their, it's like how koalas um, feed their babies their own poop so they can eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> so Imagine Dragons uh, came back to haunt you, Brian. Oh my god! Watching the Stanley Cup final. Watching between... the Stanley Cup. So I have the game on early yeah. because I want to watch the Vegas pregame thing with like all the crazy stuff, like the the laser drummers and the and the multimedia uh, trebuchet. That worked. That got huge. Like it, it people. The, it was on, great. Everywhere we're talking about, like, hey, you heard about this thing's going on in Vegas? Although I will <laughs> say, I do have a problem, which was the game one and game two were almost identical. Well, I until re- until the night and the capital had their one-on-one showdown in the, the it was it was because they like they like dropped him from the ceiling and I was like, are they just replaying the pregame from the first game? And then it was finally different. But I was like, I mean, they won game one. He should be like starting to murder the capital. <laughs> yeah. Well, also factor in though, it, like if you're at a different stadium, then what they're doing is the uh, like which cup is the the hockey puck under three card Monty. <laughs> That's true. So like that. Give him some credit. Anyway, sorry to to derail, but anyway, so they're doing the thing, and then all of a sudden, who appears on the ice surface? Imagine dragons. Uh, imagine dragons. Short pants on the lead singer, I noticed, <laughs> and the string section were all wearing hockey jerseys. Yeah, there's no. I, well, sure. Well, then everybody should be wearing a hockey jersey. <laughs> the guitarist wasn't. He was dressed I mean, what he that. thought was cool. The lead singer had like a T-shirt on. Like, no, you should all be wearing. Are there sweaters? They're called sweaters, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think people who in, who insist upon themselves call them sweaters. Mm. You know what I Even mean? Even though they're polyester. And yeah, just they're jerseys. The drummer it's, took it's one fine. for the team, and he was wearing one. If the drummer can wear one, then this goofball lead singer in his little short pants can wear one. Like they couldn't bring the killers out. Las Vegas' own. Well, they had Panic at the Disco for Game Five. Yeah. Although they were in the middle of a fountain, I was like, they don't get, they don't were get they to go Bellagio? to the, they don't get to the go to the game. Well, this is a big question I was actually going to ask. What is the effect on the ice? 
of having a band on the ice. Well, they had, I think, I think game time. I think for the short duration, because they just like put out a carpet and put them on. I think they're yeah. only out there for like five minutes, so it's not a big deal. It's not too much, and then they're just going to take the. Well, you can't call them zambonis. Uh, they're well, going. You, you can call them zambonis if they're zambonis. That, right. It's a whole marks thing. It's like you don't go. Zamboni is a brand name. You don't Xerox oh, clean things. Kleenex. So, for example, yeah. the ice resurfacing machines that we have yeah. here yeah. in Raleigh are Olympia brand mm-hmm. ice resurfacing machines. Don't you bring dare out the call Olympia them, brand ice resurfacing Don't you machine. dare call them Zambonis because the they're not Zambonis. It's like it's why Google gets really, really upset when you say, let me go Google something because that becomes ubiquitous with searching something. Mm. They don't like that. Let me let me go Xerox this for you. It's got Which shape. Is, yeah, Band-aid. Don't, yeah, know, don't do that. I one time was at the Greensboro Coliseum, mm-hmm. um, which is where at the time the Hurricanes were playing hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there to watch uh, a professional wrestling event. And during Mankind's uh, oh, match, Stone Cold Steven Austin came out on a ice resurfacing machine, not resurfacing anything. He just came out riding it because it's ha-ha, we're in a hockey arena, mm-hmm. pounding you know, Steve Weisers <laughs> like he does. And then he got up, he uh, Stone Cold stunned Mankind, and then spread his legs and uh, slap shot of the hockey puck in his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so back to Imagine Dragons. All right, um, so so well, it's not it's not so much about Imagine Dragons, but they are they are the sport as we discussed in a in a previous episode of Walk Up Music that they are the house band for all things sports. But I read in the Sports Business Journal this week actually about Vegas and the NBA and the turnaround times that they have to put in for these playoff games. And they actually hit on a problem that you just alluded to. There wasn't much different from the first two games, right? There's only so much spectacle they can do. And what they're counting on is for people this particular year in uh, for their inaugural season, just getting people in the building and wowing them with this new spectacle. And they, mm. they change out some things here and there. But when it's like going to the show – Twice and you go. Yeah, it's the same thing. I just saw this like the other yeah, day. Yeah, it's like there's no reason to go see Shania Twain in Vegas twice. Right. There's no reason for me to go to the Excalibur Hotel and see their nights in the round dinner show more than once. It's the same show. In fact, when I went to Vegas a couple of years ago to take my kids to the Grand Canyon, we flew into Vegas. We went. My dad insisted. He insisted that I take the kids to the night show. Right. He's like, "Well, I took you when you were a kid. You should do the same thing." I'm like, "Dad, I remember it being cheesy." It had been 25 years, okay? Like 25 years, the same damn show. Okay, so that's what that that was a problem that Vegas kind of ran into during the during the playoffs where everybody was like, "Oh man, what's Vegas going to do next?" Oh, you brought out Celine Dion again. Turkey leg. You know? Uh flagon of mead. Right. It's, I'm still here. The only way the only way you would have made it more interesting is if they brought out Thunder from Down Under. Well, <laughs> Yeah. That would have been the only thing that would have, like, really upped the game. And There's now, no- ladies and gentlemen, the tiger that almost <laughs> ate Roy. <laughs> yeah. Or what's his name? The uh, awful, awfully dressed. David uh, Blaine? No, he dresses boring, or normal even. Who's the oh, one? Oh, Chris Angel. There Chris Angel, yeah. Chris Angel. The mind freak. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might as well bring out the girls Haven't next dropped door. the puck, but it disappeared. What's Holly Madison up to these days? Right. Oh, whoa. wait. Who's is that? The website that got hacked. Who's that? No, no that's that Ashley was Madison. Ashley Holly Madison, Madison was one of the girls next door. Yeah, 
with Bridget and Kendra. Oh, the Playboy thing. And Kendra, because Ken, they used to hang out in Vegas a lot. Actually, I believe Holly tried to do a show, like a reality show, and she dated Chris Angel, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, talking He's about a, a mind freak. Yeah, right? I just want to keep saying it. I'm sorry. Remember one time he made, like, uh, luggage disappear. So here's my, here's my, <laughs> here's my question. If we, we spin Chris it back. Chris Angel, pickpocket. <laughs> we spin it back locally, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this idea that what the Vegas Golden Knights were doing with their Vegas Spectaculars, that at some point, I'm guessing, they would have brought out trying to think something else that they could have done. Actually, what they could have done is probably not family-friendly if they really wanted to go to the full Vegas, right? <laughs> There's probably a couple of shows out there that uh, we can't really bring the kids to. But the Carolina Hurricanes, right? Does like Vegas up the game for everybody else to do these types of things? Or we just kind of chalk it up to, well, that's Vegas. I don't expect these types of spectacles to show up at PNC Arena. I would like Kurt and Kyle Busch to race each other on the ice before the game. <laughs> on foot? No, in the no, cars. In the cars. Oh. Do donuts. Hmm. Or they um, could have ice tires and just have a real race. That's true, too. I mean, I, I hope for the sake of the inevitable failure of it yeah. that they don't try and, and do Golden Knights. And, and what you whatever what they should do is they should do Golden Knights in the sense of what what Golden Knights did was let we're Vegas let's do Vegas. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, figure out what is your 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 identity identity here in Carolina and try and bring well, that experience. But don't try and just copycat the whole like uh, insane extravaganza. There was that time that Clay Aiken skated around the ice and sang <laughs> in during the intermissions. Yeah, that's fresh. So bring it back. Uh, bring it back. I'm well, well just, now you have you to know, update just, it to just Scotty. Scotty, yeah. Scotty, yeah. Scotty yeah. McCreary would have to be the guy. Well, that gets to the other question about the NHL because the, the league seems to have a problem with who they trot out there. So, for instance, during the NHL All-Star game in the during, earlier in the season, they had brought out Kid Rock. And NHL fans were like, what? I got a lot of stories about Kid Rock doing unwanted concerts places, but let's keep going. We'll go back. We'll circle back on that. They're called Kid Rock Tours. During the (laughs) NHL All-Star Weekend here in Raleigh back in, what was that, 2011? Yeah. They brought out Three Doors Down. To play a song that came out in the year 2000. Right. And talking to people with the Carolina Hurricanes, they actually had better guests that they could have lined up. But the NHL insisted, like, no, 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 we got this. Oh, we got this. The Canes no. could Canes were actually able to like knock out some like connections. They're like, no, we can get these people to play. And they're like, no. We want yeah, we like, got hey, this we deal. Get, we can get Darius Rucker and like whoever else who's like They could have done this whole jamboree, right? Relevant. Didn't That's happen. That's crazy. Didn't man. happen because the NHL took took over on that sort of thing. Does that doesn't make But any then sense? like Kid Rock does the All Star game, but then like Snoop Dogg shows up for some other stuff. So what? Does the NHL know its audience? Well, so I think one of the things that the NHL deals with is that they have a loyalty to people who are avowed hockey fans. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was the thing. Like, uh, Goo Goo Dolls played at the at the Winter Classic. Yeah. And it's like, they're an upstate New York. From Buffalo. Like, yeah. They're a hockey band. And so they're like, well, these guys, they're famous enough that no one's going to be like, who? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you know, like... For better or worse, we all know who Goo Goo Dolls are. For, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Um, uh, and it's like, well, here they are, and they love hockey, and so they'll want to hang out and not like blow. Like if if we want to film them watching the game later, like they'll be watching the game. They're not gonna. I think they, and it sort of goes with like the hockey culture, like loyalty thing, mm-hmm. and all the like keeping it homegrown, and they're like, yeah, good old Buffalo boys playing regular old rock music. 
So it should be Bon Jovi that does every NHL thing. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it should. Just, I think that's. Like, what we- I think that's where the idea comes from. That they're like, this is who we're gonna get. Is like, re- it's you know, relevant hockey fans. We also have to shift the idea, and this is the thing that happens at the store a lot. That's tricky to me. Is what is classic rock? Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah, because classic rock froze for most people. Like in 1990 is when we decided everything from the you know early mid 80s before that is mm-hmm. classic rock. And for most people, that definition hasn't really shifted. Well, have you but guys... now, you know, you think about it, Three Doors Down, that came out 18 years ago. Yeah. Have you guys read Haydn, Steve Haydn's Twilight of the Gods yet? I have not. Okay. No. I'm familiar with him, but I have he not cla- He classifies... He, he actually d- delves into that premise. Like, what is classic rock? Is it a genre? Is it, as he describes it, a tribe of people, a lifestyle that is dying off with the musicians? You know, that sort of thing. And he classified classic rock as Sgt. Pepper. The beginning was Sgt. Pepper mm-hmm. and ended with Nine Inch Nails' The Fragile. Well, Which I thought was too far into the 90s. Well, I'll say this, that judging from um, my, uh, my loose, in my mind only data, Sublime mm-hmm. is a classic rock band. Whether people want them to be or not. I had not thought of that, but now that when you kind of present that <laughs> in the context of how we're talking about it, yes, yeah. I could see where Sublime would count. When those records count. are bought, those are bought by people who view them as a classic band that an era they missed, yeah, but they long that they imagine and long for. So that's what I the NHL's had, going for. Then? So I think they, I think maybe they are just they're sadly caught in between and they need to pick one like you're so they got drake one year obviously you're not going to get that twice no. but like you either try and do the thing where you're getting big named semi uh popular people mm-hmm. or or you go cla- like i think goo goo dolls is in purgatory you need to go back to some actual classic rock get def leppard or whomever i'd rather you do that or john bon jovi than try and like then, then go for what you and think try to make semi modern and miss. Yeah. yeah, Goo Goo Dolls would be in that classification of like, what do you do with the Gin Blossoms, right? Aren't like into the you same. You talk about how great those songs that uh, Poor Fellow wrote are. Hmm. Was his name Poor Fellow? No, he's you know they, they he wrote all the hit songs and then they threw him out of the band mm-hmm. and then they like made a bazillion dollars without. Oh, him. I thought that was Third Eye Blind. No, 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 no. no, no. Third Eye Blind was just dealing with like. Drug issues and stuff like that. Or is it Matchbox Twenty? Who also had a, like a their original oh, person? Oh well, the Matchbox there. Twenty thing is that Rob Thomas um, wanted to sign the contract, and then everyone else in the band didn't, so he signed the contract and stole the songs and got a new band. Yeah. Mm. Whoops. But we're cool with him, right? Sure. Are we but, team Rob Thomas. But he those, pushes but, them around. But those bands, those uh, bands now, I guess, would classify as classic rock then. So then, Matchbox Twenty and Third Eye Blind and those. That, well, so the thing is, Sammy Sonic. Yes. I feel like we're. I don't. I. I feel like we're on the danger of going in a tangent about dis- just discussing this. Fair naked ladies. Um, but like, so the thing about you saying the fragile, and I haven't read this book, but like that has the like scope of thing of like. I made a double album. Well, that's, that's actually, that was Haydn's you know. point. Haydn's point makes, it's funny you bring that up, because Haydn made that exact point about why he classifies The Fragile as a classic rock album because of Reznor basically trying to go back and make his own The Wall. He yeah. wanted to make this sprawling story over the course of two records, if you will, uh, but uh, in concept it was classic rock, and he classifies it as the end because it came out at a time where the internet finally took over. In 1999, mm. Mm. okay. By 19, and I remember this because I was in college in 99. Um, people were like, 
buying that? Why, why'd you go to school kids and buy that? Because I'm just going to download this off of Napster. And that actually, you know, everything started getting broken up from there. From that point on, everything started getting uh, consumed in a singles format as opposed to containing a whole album. And the fragile, I will admit, but when I was a 20-year-old dude not really thinking about these things, I thought it was overly long and just overwrought. And then I revisited it as an adult when I was taking in more of an album form. And I went, oh, okay, I see what Trent's doing now. Still not as ba- still not as best. I think I, I think I think it's revisionist that we now go back and like the fragile. But that's another conversation. I still think for another day. One of the greatest production moments of all time is I forget which song it is, but there's a song on the fragile where if you're listening in headphones, the drums go around your head, and I don't mean side to side. Yeah. I mean around your head. And I'm like, this is some kind of like it's it's sorcery. Some kind of phase phase switching mastery. Like I was, I still I can hear it right now. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, All right. Sorry. So we went off on a tangent there, but well, that's fine. That's the beauty of walk-up music, the podcast. Um, speaking of the NBA, the Ball family's back. I thought LeVar Ball was canceled, like a typical show, but I guess in this day and age, nothing's ever truly canceled. It gets picked up by somebody else. You get canceled from network television, Hulu will pick you up, or Amazon will pick you up. I guess in this case, Fox Sports 1 decided to bring back LeVar Ball after ESPN was done with LeVar Ball. And there's all sorts of stuff that is going on, but his son Lonzo came out with two tracks in the in the last couple of weeks that have the internet blown up. The first one's called Ball in the Family, which is the name of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's 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 an acronym B I T F. And the video is something to be seen. I'm not going to put it up there with a previous topic on the Walk Up Music podcast. Of that's how I beat Shaq, but it does feature lots of moments of them being ballers and Lavar Ball, the dad, shooting money from a, a money gun. Yes, which is pretty amazing, if you ask me. So, uh, the money gun is interesting to me um, because if it was um, if it was producing and creating money and shooting it, then I find that very amazing. Mm-hmm. Because, wow, but if you're just loading in your own money and shooting it he's, over the floor. He's just loading his own money in there. Because I guess that's he, not as... I guess he's got carpal tunnel or something like that. He can't just make it rain by slapping the hand, slapping the dollars out of his hand. I mean, come on, man. So the song is um, trash, is and trash. the guy who raps it is a bad rapper, and his dad is bad, and his brothers are bad. But the, the, the bad, second, bad, bad, the second song, which they dubbed an iTunes exclusive, <laughs> okay. Yeah was called Kylie Kuzma, yes. which is in reference to Kyle Kuzma, who happens to be his teammate with the L.A. Lakers. Yeah. It's it's problematic. So now, the Kylie thing right off the top, yeah, I'm not into. Yeah. Um, the fact that it Like, get it, we turn into a girl's name. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, ha, ha, get yeah. it. Um, girls are bad, says mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball. Um, so, but also the track is bad, and... <laughs> It, it's it, not Drake Pusha T. No, it certainly is not. And he also clearly doesn't understand. I want to know if you started a stopwatch, how long he went before picking the beat. Because I think it's less than two minutes. I think he's like, listen to five seconds. No, yeah. no, I'm sick of this. Find that one. That one. Let's just do it. Just, and I'll right. wrap the same crappy flow over the same crappy beat over Turn the mic and on. over and over. So the name of the song is problematic to begin with. And then there are like a couple of moments in the song where he like refers to Kyle Kuzma. As somebody who wants to be Russell Westbrook, that just wants to do things for the gram, and then he also references the fact that he like doesn't have a dad in his life, like he doesn't know his dad. Like I don't know who your dad is, but you get you about to get sunned, 
and then some other things are going. Now, it's been explained by some people that they're friends and that this is some sort of prank. I don't know how that's you, how you prank your friend in such a way. Yeah, so I have friends, uh, dozens <laughs> of them, in fact. And and though we have uh, maybe crossed the line making fun of each other sometimes, none of us have ever recorded it and made it an iTunes exclusive. And also to have the gall to call someone out for doing things only for the gram when you put out a song. I was about to say, about, the for very no first reason making fun of someone. Well, and two, the very so in the other video, yeah, the very first thing that flashes on the screen is do it for the gram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's like, almost well, like Lonzo Ball's an idiot. Well, it's uh, almost like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing, too, actually, there's there's two tangents off of this. The first one is, is this the wave of the future? It's not like we haven't seen athletes that want to rap in the past, but are we envisioning a, a future where rather than going through the media to speak your piece on certain things, you'll just release a track to let people know what's up? Well, so this is interesting that you say this because it gets to a conversation that I've had with a lot of people that's like the heart of sort of where we exist in media now, which is so the democratization of recording technology and distribution and whatever is such that it's like, okay, so if now obviously Lonzo Ball is a wealthy person. So even even in any other era, if he decided that he wanted to go into a recording studio and make a track and put it out, he could. But the idea is that um, if you want to make a track and put it out there, Mm -hmm. you just do it and it's done and it's there and no one ever goes – is this a good idea? Yeah. They don't have a no man. Is this a good idea? They need to they need to ha- they need to have somebody in the entourage needs to be the good idea guy. Well, yeah, there's there should be a thing where when you press the submit or upload button, mm-hmm. it actually goes to another person and then they listen to it and they're like, "No, do not upload." No, don't. And because of that, what you just brought up, is this a good idea? Somebody should have told the Ball family or somebody in the Lakers should have told Lonzo, "Hey dude, do you want to play with LeBron next season?" Well, mm. or even Kyle Kuzma next well, season. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take Kyle Kuzma out of the equation. Well, wait, did you see his response, though? Yeah, he basically said, I'm like, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, on Instagram, he's like, don't worry about it. I'll see you Wednesday. I'll kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, again, <laughs> like, that's on point. Are, we, are they buddies or not? It's very strange. But here's my thing. If the Lakers are all hot and heavy to get LeBron James, right, does LeBron James want to deal with somebody where he'll rap about what's going on? Can you imagine the fallout? Of Lonzo Ball releasing another single where he makes some veiled reference to LeBron James. Yeah, I it's mean, game over. When it comes to these sorts, like yes, welcome Milwaukee Buck Lonzo Ball. <laughs> yeah, like Charlotte Hornet. It, it. I don't. Again, someone should have had the chance to say like, no, don't. No, no, no. So Lonzo, stu- no. That's what you get for drafting Lonzo Ball second overall. True. This is not true point guard behavior, which we'll discuss later in this this episode. <laughs> um, we're about to get to that. We're about because. No, LeBron James is, is like somewhere like this, like kidding me. Yeah, LeBron this. James probably watched the clips of LeVar Ball on Fox Sports 1. Someone like, yeah, Kevin Durant's not good enough to wear the Triple B shoes. And my boys will play with LeBron in the one championships. And then he sees Lonzo rapping about things and there's music videos. Look, for lack of a better phrase, LeBron James is too old for this crap, man. <laughs> Yeah, he, dude. Dude's been in the league fifteen years. He's got no time for this. Here's the thing: uh, real recognize real is true, and he's not recognizing no. <laughs> anything in himself uh, in, in Lonzo Ball. All right. So speaking of the draft, the NBA draft and point guards, NBA drafts coming up in a couple of weeks as the recording of this podcast, uh, and we we've been kind of kicking this around of drafting musicians. So I think to keep it to keep it very specific. I think it would probably be best if we drafted 
lead singers, lead lead per, lead people mm-hmm. as point guards. Yes. Uh, I don't know how many rounds we have for this or what the parameters are for this because this is all very fly by the seat of your pants. But I have a feeling, Brian, that we are about to get schooled. Well, so here's I have one thing. some notes. I have one parameter. Oh, okay. oh what, you what, and me. Yes, we're about I, to get scolded. I have one yeah, parameter yeah. that I believe might ruin both of your drafts. Okay. Well, this I, is about to say. All of a sudden, I no one said no one said band lead singers. Well, well it could you know. It could I'm be, just saying. It could I don't, be lead people. It could be single. It could be solo artists. So here's the thing. You can pick a solo artist, but keep in mind when drafting that solo artist, mm-hmm. that you've never seen them work with a team. Yeah, that's so good that's point. a sort of uh, unknown. Now they could have a high upside. It's kind of like a Dennis Matuidi situation. A lot of length, but. But my one thing that I thought we should do that might ruin both your drafts is I wrote down on my sheet was um, no Prince. What? No Prince? Why? The, the musician Prince. You can't but, draft him. But we know. Right. I, it's like I we wasn't hey, going to do that. It's just. Prince is the obvious answer, exactly. I guess. So that way it's you got to take Oh, wait. I thought version. we were doing North Carolina musicians. No. Oh. Do well, you hold have, on. Do you have North Carolina musicians? Well, I did, but I can, I can, I can improvise. We're good. All right. All so, right. uh, since I think I might, have I, most I was notes. so we we sent a, just a, so everyone's like, what is he? Like, just, what is we sent a bunch of emails and things and whatever. At one point, it was North Carolina musicians, and then it was point guard musicians, and I think I just conflated the two. It's and it's like, well, it's North Carolina musicians that should be point guards, but well, if like, it's just musicians, and no prince is a good rule because he would win. I pulled the ping pong ball out. It says I'm picking first. <laughs> of course. Uh, oddly enough, of course. Sure. Okay. Now, one of the big prospects in this upcoming draft, Luka Doncic, I believe. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. And. I've noticed this European flavor that's gotten into the NBA. It's take you know this this uh the this other side this other kind of basketball this more creative different style free flowing with a point guard, someone who can who who has those abilities. So my number one pick, you may not have seen it coming. He also has experience both in a group and as a solo performer, mm-hmm. which I like. So he can be a facilitator or a scorer. He's got that Euroleague flavor. A lot of range, mm-hmm. so you can. So you might know him as Georgios Karasios Paniatu, the Greek, the OG Greek freak, aka George Michael, <laughs> formerly of Wham, where he ran a perfect pick and roll with Andrew Ridgely, I believe it is. He did, he did. So that was his pick and roll, and he then did. he went ISO ball, and he, he said, did. "Nah, I'm gonna Russ, I'm hero ball, I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm gonna take over the game as George Michael, Faith." So he, I want your sex. He's got everything. So George Michael is my number one overall pick in <laughs> That's this a surprise. musician point guard draft. That is a surprise. The Greek freak. I wasn't expecting that. Georgios Karasios Panayatu. His dad was uh, <laughs> from Cyprus. Brian. Okay. So that's oh. my number one pick. Well, see, now I want to change and just like wing it. Well, okay. yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of yeah, So it. I'll give you my idea. My, my, my thought process was that he was both a Dennis Smith Jr. style mm-hmm. take over the game. But he did also work in a duo as a team and dragged Andrew Ridgely to a championship. Okay, so, as Wham. So exclamation point. Um, wham. If that's if that's the case, in which case of dragging other people to a championship, mm-hmm. the obvious uh, pick is Brian Wilson from the. Oh yeah, he Beach took a bunch of bumps from dragging. Now his his brother Carl. Nah, he wait. took a bunch of bumps to glory. Brother Come Carl, great brother Carl. He's Lonzo Ball, great singer, <laughs> taking his. Crappy brothers to the NBA. No. Brothers good. Dennis. Two good brothers. Fine. But his garbage, his garbage, garbage, <laughs> garbage cousin, Mike Love, who, you know. At least he dresses good. Has there ever been a time when someone really great grabbed someone from the Love family and pulled them 
Mm-hmm. Uh, where where have we seen um, this before? Where have we seen this before? I don't know. For the listeners who don't know, Kevin Love is related to Mike Love. That's his uncle. Um, yeah. Now, to be fair to Kevin Love, he's not nearly as bad as Mike is. He's mad good. He's, like he's very good. good he's very good at basketball. Um, Mike Love, on the other hand. Yeah, sadly, if, if Tristan Thompson, if his uncle had been in the Beach Boys, it'd be an even better analogy. Mike Love is the now. Here's my question Ma- for Mike Love is Matthew Delavadova. I'm gonna play. Uh, um, oh jeez. I'm gonna play uh, Jay Billis on you for a moment. Okay. You're gonna draft Brian Wilson. Sure. Uh, some highs, right? Fairly brief. Uh, peak period of his career. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd call it fairly brief. He lost his mind in like 1967, almost never to return. They made great records after that. Surfs up, great record. All right. Wild honey. Wild Honey's great. So you're not concerned at all about <laughs> the yeah, injury history some, of Brian Wilson is what we'll some, call it. Yeah, there are some uh, off-the-court issues that you might have to yes. be dealing with. I'm okay with that. All right, hey, look, high I, risk, high reward, right? Yeah. That's how it works. He might. Uh, with the third pick of the draft, <laughs> I'm actually surprised he fell to me, honestly. Okay. Bruce Springsteen. I mean, this guy's a gym rat. He's gritty, right? So He's many a coach on the field. So many intangibles. <laughs> From Bruce, he's just an intangible. He really is. He is the he is the embodiment of all intangibles, and he's a guy that is so exacting on his team that it might drive them a little crazy, but his perfectionism will take them to unseen glory. Okay, now uh, on his own, it's been a little hit or miss. Okay, a little hit or miss when he tried to do his own thing. When he tries to go ISO, but he's always willing to bring his teammates back in. Always brings him on tour. And the other thing that we know about Bruce Springsteen, he's going to play all 82 games, all 48 minutes, and overtime. Okay? He's going to come back for more. So is he Michael Jordan, would you say? I don't think— In the sense that maybe baseball is his solo career? While Bruce Bruce is famous for being very, very exacting on what exactly kind of sound he wants, he wanted that that very famous story about— uh, born to run and that Phil Spector drum sound that he kept wanting to do it again and again and again. Is that the equivalent of punching Steve Kerr in the face? Well, I think the drummer left the band after that. Did he leave the band? Because Max came in after Born to Run. Was that the case? Just wore him out? And mm. he, so, so, so wait, is Clarence Scotty or is he Horace Grant? Ooh, Clarence. <laughs> Scotty. So then Max is... Max is hard. Scotty, Scotty, no, Max, Max is the guy who comes in late. He's like the Dennis Rodman years. Oh, okay. I think that's Max. I think that's so, Max. folks. You heard it here first. Max is Dennis Weinberg Rodman. is Dennis Rodman, and he's going to save the world from a nuclear war down the line. No, so I got Bruce. I'm actually surprised he fell to me. I mean, he's, this is a guy that uh, is never going to take a playoff. He's going to give it his all all the time. Incredibly in shape. He, this this is he's on my list. Uh, my my next with the first pick of the second round of still only point guards. It's an odd draft, but hey, it's very strange. Um, this person, uh, this is more about this person's adaptability. Um, can play in any system. Okay. Uh, and considering the uh all the egos in the NBA, all the odd personality types you need to be able to work with in the locker room. If you can handle, say. The placebo syndrome, or kid funkadelic, mm-hmm. or if you can perhaps handle the motor booty affair, 
as George Clinton did, yeah. I think you can handle leading an NBA basketball team as their point guard. So George Clinton, North Carolina native right. of Parliament, of uh, Funkadelic fame, uh-huh. of solo fame, mm-hmm. is my, my next pick in the draft. I just I, I feel like he crafted his own thing and then sort of just let it necessarily – like, you know, maybe the superstars – no one was particularly stood out. I mean, he was obviously the most famous person ever, but yeah, he led the Parliament Funkadelic, uh, that whole uh, movement. He created that and led that. Okay, so he's like re- he was redefining uh, like an offensive system. Yeah, and but he did it. Like in he his was. Own, he, he may be a. He, he might be a little bit too much of say a Pistol Pete. He he's not going to be a. Uh, he's not an Isaiah Thomas. He's not going to be a. Uh, the most uh, sturdy, um, specific playmaker mm-hmm. that you might expect, but he's going to do things. Maybe, maybe a Steph Curry. Maybe George Clinton is a Steph Curry. That's what I was going to ask. Was he, was he redefining the game by, you know, just kind of spread the floor, three-pointer, high-percentage shot, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he revolutionized, is going to, he will be a revolution, he's going to revolutionize the game of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> George Clinton will, once he's drafted into the NBA. <laughs> So that's my second pick. Right, fair enough. Brian? Okay, I got one that's sort of off the wall. But Is it Michael Jackson? It's not off the wall? Not no. My, oh, okay. Uh, but thinking in terms of- Because um, we know he's terrible at someone who, can, someone who can play any role, mm-hmm. who can uh, needs to shoot first, can shoot first. Needs to distribute to other players, can do that. Uh, go in the lane, great. Long distance shots, can do that too. Whatever whatever the situation calls for. Etta James. Etta oh. James? Etta James- Everyone knows at last. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, like the smoothest song of all time, maybe. Like such a beautiful, smooth vocal. But Etta James can sing the like nastiest, gutsiest blues you've ever heard. She was one of Chuck Berry's backup singers. Mm-hmm. She can sing backup if you need. She can sing jazz. She can sing torch songs. She can do it all, but she knows exactly what is needed for any situation. I dig Etta it. James. I dig it. Do we have a uh, a comp? That's what you got to do here in the NBA drafts. You got to give the player a comp. I, I think, and this is going to sound like a weird one, but due to her, most people know her for a few things despite her long career. Um, I'm thinking a sort of a Chauncey Billups, like a big shot, like a, a, a big game performer, won a yeah. championship with that Pistons team. That's what everybody knows him for, really. Forgets the all the other teams he played for, how long he was in the league, and just that Pistons championship. I think Chauncey Billups' Pistons championship is Etta James's at last. Is my opinion. all right, all right. Uh, my second pick, or my my second pick here in the in the second round. Uh, I was in the war room, and we were we were kicking around some guys like Brian Johnson. Uh, the problem is his wins above replacement is very very low. Mm, how's his VORP? His VORP not not good. <laughs> Oof. Not good. See, I also thought thought the same thing about Steve Perry too. Uh, of journey again, very replaceable, <laughs> very replaceable, literally, literally, replaceable. literally replaceable. In fact, I believe that their their his previous team just went on YouTube to watch some mixtapes <laughs> and found their replacement. Like, oh, this look, look at him hoop. Let's bring him on. <laughs> he can ball. He can look at him ball, and and they've moved on just fine. So, uh, as the owner of my team, I've come in and overruled my people. And I'm 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 making the pick Dave Grohl. Oh, ah. Dave Grohl. See now, here's the thing about Dave Grohl. 
a lot of people early on in his career didn't think he could lead a team, right? And then uh, the team suffered a very serious injury, okay? and <laughs> Extremely he, serious. Extremely serious injury. So he, uh, so they, he was tasked with taking over. Uh huh. And look at how much success the franchise has had since, championship after championship after championship. It's a Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe. And here's the other thing: when he gets hurt, does he whine? Does he complain? No, he goes back out there. He's not like LeBron James after the fact who shows up with an air cast to remind you, oh hey, hey, guy, I've been playing with this bro, this. This broken hand since game one. No, girls out there with a broken leg still making it making it happen. So, Dave Grohl with my second pick in the draft. Okay, I'm going to go with my third pick of the draft. Or last round. Last round. <laughs> I got to pick between two. I've got a... Uh... So, this one is a sort of... All effort. Gonna give you the most, and and you know this person has the the quickness, the agility, mm-hmm. and the uh, short space navigational ability, offensively and defensively, to work amongst the larger players of the NBA and to lead a team. And is from a noted basketball hotbed of the mm-hmm. state of North Carolina. Uh, this person, uh, Samuel T. Herring of Future Islands. Oh, oh yes, yes. Defensively, is going to be a stopper right away. It's <laughs> a Gary Payton type situation. We know, and and then is willing to sort of create and facilitate this leadership of the team to get it where it needs to go, and take the pressure off the other performers. Say, so don't worry about them. I've got this. Take the team to the championship. At least one championship, and the athletic ability is known. It's sort of a it's a, a Russell Westbrook I think is a good is a good comp, in that a sort of athletic freak, and if you say hey Russell, there's two seven second two point seven seconds left, you need to go the entire length of the court. He can do it. All right. I think Samuel T. Herring will take it the full length of the court, and slam jam out of my face, homeboy. <laughs> Brian. Last pick of the draft. Okay, I got a like a, a like a Rondo type. Oh, okay, right. Mercurial, lots of talent. Don't always know what you're gonna get. Mm. Uh, gives a side eye to the teammates a lot. It's like, hey, what guys, what are you doing? Like, what's happening? I'm right over now, here yeah. ruling it, and you're like trying. Like, I'm great. What are you, Miles Davis? Oh, <laughs> so doesn't sing though. Is that an issue? Yeah, he, he never a, sticks to the game singer. plan. Never sticks to the game plan. We didn't say lead singer. We said musicians. We went over this. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. I missed. I Look, every that. team drafts to their own philosophy, and Brian's drafting a very, very specific type of person for his team. Just like you and I, we have our own our this own draft true. philosophies. This is true. I, and it's funny. You're, actually, you'll notice a trend uh, with my last pick too. But anyway, well, I, ironically, I had another person. What I wrote down a, a Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo comp. And I was like, if he says Stevie Nicks right now, <laughs> which is what I have written down, I'm going to lose my mind. Stevie Nicks on the big board. My point is, with Stevie Nicks, rumors, Yeah, that's the Boston Championship. Yeah. It leads up to that. Kind of went downhill after that due to some turmoil, some mm. issues within the team. Valid point. But hey, rumors is always there. Boston's always got that championship. Rajon Rondo is my Stevie Nicks comp. Sorry, go ahead, Miles Davis. It's fine. I just, you know. Kilometers Davis. Kilometers Davis. Canadian for the Raptors. 
I don't know. Just you know. You just wanted to be different. No, I just like Miles Davis. That's fine. That's um, fine. When I was like, but that's a guy who's look. He also had multiple cha- stages to his career. Changed the game a bunch of times. He did. Facilitated he did. facilitated a lot of careers. Yep. But also was like, oh hey, that guy I was playing with turns out garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get, again, another Michael Jordan moment. Get him out of here. Uh, if you've ever, uh, just a fun uh, look up on YouTube, is uh, YouTube of Miles Davis performances and when he gets mad at people. Oh, I have um, to look that up. Because he doesn't blow up, but like you can see him and like someone does something and you see him like glare at them. Like, mm. what are you doing? Probably not a good glare. I need to, I yeah, need to check that out. There's one, the there's one particularly good one where he's about to play, He's he starts a solo and he plays like a little phrase and Herbie Hancock's playing piano. And he doubles the phrase, and he looks at him like, "Did you just take my notes? <laughs> that is not what we are doing right now." It's great. Uh, my Sorry. last pick in the draft, as we wrap up the third round here, and again, you'll notice a trend. I've been going for guys who do what it takes. They can play past injury. Mm-hmm. They uh, have endurance. They just get in there, get the job done, stay in there. Until it's finished. Kind of okay. a low ceiling, though, on some of these guys. No, 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 Not no, no. I want, I want gritty workers. I want guys who simply have to do what it takes to finish it off. All right? Get the championship. Okay. Have the confetti just spray everywhere at the end. That's what they want. Sting. Oh. Whoa. So, Sting is going to be the Lonzo Ball of this draft for me. How so? I'm a hard pass on him, on his, his, uh, his stees. He's gone ISO. Worked with the team. Great championships. Hold on. Wait, has multiple, he gone ISO? Multiple styles. Has he gone ISO successfully? Absolutely. Remind me. What was the word of the, the Sting solo hits? Jeez, oh, you're gonna make me pull these up. I don't know. Sting I don't know that hits. they exist. They do exist. What are you talking well, I, about? No, no. Hold on. To be fair. I know that he had hits as a solo artist. I get that, but I couldn't name one. Now, do you think there's any issues with him in the locker room and having teammates stand so close to him? (laughs) (laughs) Just curious. Also, Uh, constantly encouraging people to play in weird time signatures and switch things around. Change the team name to Zenyatta Mondata. (laughs) No, I think uh, I think honestly, there's there's been times where he just shows you can play in multiple. And you want to talk about. Who, he can collaborate with anybody, for instance, Shaggy. Or, wait, you know? hang on, but you he can, can't... He can work with anybody. Except the other two members of the police, right? Yeah. Don't what? they, like, hate each other? Yeah, but everybody breaks up after a while, you know? Look, yeah, look at the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat needed okay. to break from each other after four straight years. Like, they're all boys still, but after a while, they just couldn't work together anymore. This but is isn't, true. like, isn't, like, the police, like, they still hate each other? Right, but his point would be that they've still got the championships. Yes. Whether, no matter oh, okay. how much they hate All each right. other now, they they got those rings. And right. if you're and if you're here looking for top forty hits that Sting had as a solo artist, I can't believe you guys are forgetting Brand New Day and uh, what was the other one? Desert Rose. Wait, who did uh, who did Desperado? Don Henley. Uh, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Brand New Day went triple platinum. Damn. Like I said, it's not that I don't think he has hits. I'm just like, is that a song that we need to? Well, I'm Jay- how many platinums did Three Doors Down go, Joe? I'm, I'm, I'm Jay Bellis in this one. So if he's if he if you get here, he's what he would say. He would say if you get Police Sting, yeah, then this is a great pick. But if you end up with Solo Sting, <laughs> you may not be as, as happy. That's a good point. I had uh, that be few, the Jay Billis. A few others that I had on my uh, on my big board. Uh, I had Mike Patton on my big board. 
So another versatile, that multi-tool, there multi-tool big. player. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Mike Patton. Uh, another guy on my uh, Jack White, although he has some temper issues. I don't want to know if I want to bring him onto my team. He's got to he's got to calm sort of that a down. Dominating figure, but he he you'd get some rings, right? Think so. See, I think this is a good example too. You get white stripes, Jack White. You're good. Yeah. You get solo, Jack White. Mm. What about dead weather, Jack White? Mm. What about rock on tours, Jack White? Mm. Um, my the other one I had was the, in the next great line of New York City point guards. You know, you got the Nate Archibalds, uh, Mark Jackson, Lenny Wilkins, Earl the Pearl, Stephon Marbury, mm-hmm. Kenny Anderson, Lou Reed. That's my next great New York yeah. City point guard. I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have too much of a solo career. I was worried. I'm going to have to write this down, too, for a future uh, Walk Up Music podcast volume. Since we're talking about glue guys, guys you want to draft, uh, what about locker room cancers? That that's going to be the next podcast mm. of it because you brought up Sting. You said they don't like each other. For instance, don't stand so that that that's one of them. That's why uh, with oh, who did I have on my big board that I just took off? Uh, well, I had Roger Waters, here. right? Like Roger Waters is a guy you don't want. All right, so, that's that's just going to end things. Robbie Robertson's another guy. Like you no, don't you don't want Robbie, you don't want Robbie, Robbie you don't want Robbie, Robbie in your in your locker room. Okay. So this might be a thing we're going to have to bring up in the future. Well, that's good because I had one. I had one of my that I won't mention now because it's much more appropriate for that than for. I mean, it was appropriate for this too, but it's much more appropriate for that. So I'll save it. I'm Fair enough. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Walk Up Music Podcast, Volume Six. I think we hit everything today. Yeah. The only issue now is that we have to we got to kick some, one episode off the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> if we're going to be up to seven soon, yeah. So we. we yeah. Well, we've got a sixth man at least now. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. Wait till we get to the twelfth man. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the uh, Walk Up Music Podcast. A reminder, you can listen to us on iTunes and Google Play. You can listen to us on the WRL Sports Fan app. It's volume six. So yes, there are five other volumes you can check out. And maybe you can tell us what your Mount Rushmore of Walk Up Music is. Next time we meet, we will get into the phenomenon of Bruce Springsteen. My number one pick in the draft and why sports writers love Bruce. That'll be on the next podcast. See you then.